work hard and you, against all odds, you, you set your goals and I set achievable goals and you work towards them. Hello friends, I hope you're all keeping well. My guest today is a visionary. She's a successful entrepreneur from Jamaica, settled in the West Midlands. She's recognized for her well-established work, which has spanned from nursing, midwifery, and also as the founder CEO of Diamond Travel, established for over 30 years now. Dr. Beverly Lindsay, OBE, ODDL, former Vice Lord Lieutenant of the West Midlands. Good morning, Beverly. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to Chat with Chitra. Thank you. I've been up since six o'clock this morning, so I, I feel as if I've done a day's work already. You are a visionary. You are a very caring person with natural leadership characteristics. I want to ask you about your early career. How did you actually discover your calling? I always say to people that I'm, a, I'm an accidental everything, you know, everything just happens. You know, it's just the direction of the Lord. I've never planned anything going into business. It was never planned. I chose a career in nursing, which had some obstacle to start with because I ended up having, you know, being a single mother before I could venture into that career. But I eventually did that. But everything else just happened. Maybe right place at the right time, I don't know. But um, it's divine intervention, I call it. That's so beautiful. How was your growing up years in Jamaica? My childhood, I didn't think, wasn't that great. You know, great. My family, my parents left uh, when we were very young. Of course, my grandmother was, and, you know, we had to board, you know, to go for a better life, to go to better schools, you know, boarded out with um, families, you know, some of which were very nice to us growing up. So it was a kind of, I made myself happy until now, I, because fortunately I had a bedroom for myself most of my growing up life. So I read a lot and I created a lot of things. I, I, I you know, I read books, magazines, you know, I never really played much as a child. I just read and tried to create things as in, you know, my own styles, you know, even trying to make up my own recipes as I still do now. Amazing. You know, you always inspire me. You appear so calm and composed and carry yourself with so much of confidence. You had to face several challenges during your younger years and that's perhaps is what has made you a stronger woman today, perhaps. As I said, you know, starting and when I came here as a young, you know, teenager, the obstacles were there too, because, you know, my parents parted at some stage, I can't, I don't know when, but when I came up here, came to the UK, we were faced with um, a, a step-parent, <laughs> not the paradise that you expected. So again, you know, I, I, you know, reverted back in my shell and, you know, but things, as I said, you know, Things happened before education could be completed career. I had, you know, that's another story for another day, but I ended up having two children when I was young. Before I was 20, I had two children, single mother, nobody to help. Or at a crossroads, so I decided to take, you know, the leap, you know, maybe I took the right turn and, and decided to pursue a career. And then, as I say, it just revolves. I'm not that calm. I was extremely shy maybe by spending so much, and I'm, I still am very shy, people don't know that, by spending so much time on my own, you know, I still hate my own voice, 
and I'm never ever calm. Maybe if I look at him, it's like the sun, you know, um, it look calm on the, the surface, but you know, I'm paddling for dear life underneath. You know, my heart is always racing 10 times a dozen when I have to do a speech. But, you know, as the song goes, I'm a great pretender. I try maybe to, to use my dressing <laughs> and the smile on my face to deflect all that. So people see my appearance and I smile. You know, I am, I am like the clown, you know, who wears a smile to make the world smile, but nobody sees, you know. I, I, I wear a mask, you know, nobody sees the tears of a clown. So I'm like that, you know, I, I have this mask that is a happy face to make the world smile, but as this clown, nobody sees the, 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 the tears of a clown. Believe you me, there's a lot going on inside. You have always inspired me. Your calm and composed nature is something that I really admire. I have personally seen this on many occasions. Often in your career as a nurse and as a successful CEO of a travel company, I'm sure you, are a, you were a minority then, perhaps only very few Jamaicans during that period. This could have actually posed challenges in your professional path, right? How did you overcome these professional challenges? In the early days in nursing, you know, it, there were quite a few of us. There were a lot of recruitment from the Caribbean for nurses in Africa. So we had a kind of, you know, lovely sisterhood. So there weren't, we didn't really notice the challenges of being black during the career. Your white colleagues, you know, you'd be very friendly off duty. They would pretend as if they didn't know you. So that's when you have the challenges. In, in you know, and I, went, I left nursing, I went into community work, you know, in 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 in, in Hansworth here and uh, it was also I was working with you know trying to stem you know what is happening now you know we have in Black Lives Matter but we, we were having those protests from in the eighties and you know seventies and so on so nothing must has changed and yes I've come up for prejudices uh, in my business life it, it, it's, it's tough being in business. It's tough being a woman in business and it's double treble tough being a black woman in business. Mm. And I've encountered prejudices, but you know, I, 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 I don't use them as a negative. I use them to maybe overcome, you know, you know, you don't, I don't let the, 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 the behavior of other people define me because, you know, I tell people, keep your eye on the prize. I know what my, I want in life. And, you know, if you, if you, you know, think about and let everything that people have to say and the way people treat you, mm. you know, affects you, you never, you know, progress, you know, I've had it in, you know, the honorary roles that I've had, you know, I was, you know, president of the Rotary Club of Birmingham, I was the first black woman to be in a in hundred years to be president of the Rotary Club of Birmingham, I saw that, you know, people you find, you know, some of your colleagues that tolerate you rather than accept you. And I've seen it in other roles, you know, that you're tolerated by some people rather than being accepted. But then, you know, it's their own ignorance. So you don't let the other, they're, they're the, it's not the majority, you know, it's always a minority. So, you know, I wouldn't, I don't let that minority affect me or, or the way I conduct myself and the way I carry out my duties.
Yes, things would have been very different in those days, but they're much better now, right? How did you handle circumstances in which you might have felt alone even? And how did that impact how you lead your life now? I had a very rough start in my adult life with being, you know, having have to fend for myself with little, you know, I could go into things, you know, that, you know, how difficult it was at times, you know. And yes, I've overcome different in my business. It has been, you know, challenges. I've had people who have trusted to work for me who have devastated the business. But, you know, the, my biggest challenge that I've had in my life is the suicide of my son. It's like a cancer that, you know, and it's something that you never get over. And I died inside for quite a few years. And I'm still part of me, will still be dead forever. It took me a couple of years before I could smile. And, you know, I love to dance and I couldn't dance. And because, you know, there's always that guilt, you know, there, when you're a single mother in that time in the 60s, when it was frowned upon by family and everybody, and, and you have to make your choices and make decisions whether you're going to go down that path or try to make a difference in your life. And of course, you have to make um, decisions, maybe affect your children and so on, that, and you feel when this kind of thing happens, you feel very guilty and your carrier guilt forever. You know, I know it's very, you know, it's about 12 years now and, you know, they're talking more about suicide and depression and mental illness. But even at that time, it wasn't much on the agenda. So you didn't think in terms of anything wrong or mental illness. And, and of course, there was no sign. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's very difficult when there's no sign. You see all the signs after. He's left a lot of things in, in his poems. He wrote a lot of poems and, 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 and the suicide letter. And you can, you know, then you, you know, but it was not evident. But that is, but even with that, you have to find some positive. And I started looking more and doing things for the young people because one of the things you hear black young people saying is that they have no role models amongst them and they, they, because you're sitting beside them and there might be somebody in the church or at the bus stop that is the role model but they don't you know they're looking all the time for their role models on the tv or reality tv or on the football page so you know, to have these conferences to, to 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 show them that there are people among them that are doing great things and We've had Service Awareness Day to show them that they can join the armed force with uniform services as a career pathway. Don't think about it as, you know, going to fight in battle, you can be a medic or something. And, you know, we've partnered with BCU to put on a mental health conference. Also, you know, bringing the, 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 the issue of, you know, suicide and, and, and encourage them to talk about their problem rather than hiding it. And for to the adult, maybe, you know, for people that have experienced it, you know, to maybe talk to other people, families, to, to, to let them look a little bit deeper <laughs> these signs that are hidden. It's very difficult, though, you know but we, we have to do something. But that is my, you know, I've, I've lost, and even after my son's death, you know, I, I lost my way a little bit in the business and given up a little bit, you know, 
um, you know, during those down times, we took advantage of the old situation and 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 stole and there's no other word the heart out of the business. But you know, I'm still there. You know, <laughs> you know. So COVID nineteen now is 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 the biggest um, challenge for business because I'm in the travel business and. I've come through so many barriers, you know, as, as I say, I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And this time, you know, you know, they said there's a shadow, there's a glimmer of light to do other things, to introduce other things, to create other things. I've started some master classes uh, to encourage people in our community to become magistrate, to join the system. I've had nearly a hundred people for the first time and We've had two so far. We've had a masterclass about honors, and we are doing other things. We we've had an annual event, a church service on on YouTube, which is in August, which was well received. We normally have an award ceremony in October, which we are doing um, a virtual one. So I've not sat down and just wait, and I'm hoping to partner with a couple of universities to do. A, black, a series of Black History Month lectures, which I've already secured some very, very good, <laughs> good is not the best word to describe them, speakers, yeah. So, so I'm still working and using my brain to. How important it is for you to stay in touch with your culture and heritage? I know you are so very creative and you in fact design your own traditional gowns, right? Does that also reflect um, a part of your culture? Does it also reflect a part of your culture? I must tell you, my dressing and my style, is, they're not really cultural. They are just my own creation. <laughs> I create my own styles. I, I design my, most of my, all my evening dresses. So there, it's not really a cultural look or theme. There's a little bit of disengagement with, you see, it's very difficult for culture, for our culture in the Caribbean, they're not as strong as your culture from the Asian, you know, because we were kind of brought up as English, <laughs> British people. Right. Culture to speak of like years. We do have cultural things that we do, and we have cultural dresses and cultures, you know. Um, we grew up going to Catholic church, you know, the Anglican church, because when, when we came, when our, you know, predecessors came, they, most of them came from Anglican and Catholic churches and why they started the, 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 the Pentecostal churches is because they weren't accepted in the traditional churches. That's how, that was how the birth of those Pentecostal churches. But we, we didn't come here with that Pentecostal, most of us background, we just got thrown into it because other people did not accept us in the beginning. So that is how. So, and it is, yes, as, as I said, we, we, we you know, in, especially in Jamaica, there's a lot of art and poetry and cultural things. And, but it is not that maybe taught to our younger people. I try to do it, and there are other communities, I'm sure, that try to do there where we have cultural things happens and, 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 and the, the award where we have our national heroes, we celebrate our national heroes and so on and different organizations. But it is not as deep-seated as in your culture, which you have a style of dressing and you have a style of, you know, we, we were more brought up like the English people. Yes, organizing such festivals and also the Jamaican Independence Day will certainly create an awareness in the younger people, right? And also what the culture is all about. Yes, in whatever way, big or small, 
we are all trying to create an awareness about our culture. Definitely. And one of the biggest things that I created uh, was in 2012, it was the Jamaica in the Square. Oh, and okay. yes, and that was one we did that, you know, that was something that I came up with for to celebrate Jamaica 50. And of course, so we have our culture, our music and, and our food and our and our colours and our dancing. So that is another thing. And you know, we have people doing poetry, we have our traditional folk songs and folk poet. And you know, for Jamaica 50, we also had a, a, a big concert at the at the Symphony Hall where we call it Jamaican cultural extravaganza. And we've celebrated in the square, you know, in 2017 as well, we had another Jamaica in the square. That's so amazing. We live in a community with a diaspora of a population from various backgrounds, right? You're trying to bring your community together and reminding the younger generation to embrace and stay with their culture. These events, are about, it's about celebrating our heritage and also keeping our culture in the minds of our young people and find a lot of them to embrace the culture you know get in touch with their roots yeah and that's fantastic work you are a very accomplished and a successful woman what are the leadership qualities that make you successful and makes you stand out from the rest i always think i was president of the Rotary Club of Birmingham. I'd, I'd met Paul Sabafati, who was then the Lord Lieutenant of the West Midlands. And I uh, invited him to speak at one of my events and he spoke and then he asked me, I didn't even know anything about Deputy Lieutenant or anything like that. And he asked me if I'd like to be a Deputy Lieutenant. I had to ask somebody, what is that? You know, so I hadn't, I hadn't a clue, but of course, you know, I accepted and, you know, then, then Paul resigned and John Crabtree became the Lord Lieutenant. You know, I, at that time, I had just had a couple of spinal surgeries, you know, so my back is all screwed, you know. I'm the man of woman, if you see my back, it's all made up of metal. <laughs> and uh, when he asked me, you know, about being the vice Lord Lieutenant, yeah. I I cried. I couldn't understand. I said, I said to I did say to him, why me? I said, you have so many posh white people to choose from. I was really amazed and afraid and everything. I, I didn't give him a response. And I said to Paul, I said, Paul, have you heard what's going on? And so he did, and he didn't. And I said, well, so I told him. And he said, um, well, Beverly. I said, I can't do it, you know, and he said, you have to do it for the West Indian, you know, at one time the West Indian people used to be so visible and now they're, so I said, yes, and it's, it's a great honor, not only that I'm a black woman, you know, it's a great honor because in the 500 years history of the lieutenancy, I'm the first female vice lord lieutenant of the West Midlands. It is a great honor to have that little place in history you know, representing Her Majesty the Queen. I am, I am extremely grateful to both Paul to start the journey and John, you know, and as I said, he's opened a door for me that I hope I can, that I have, I have conducted and carried out the role, open doors for others like myself. So true. I don't believe that I have done in my head as much as I maybe could have done. That's such an incredible achievement. Yeah. And I, I believe if I've done nothing else, I have really opened up the lieutenancy to the community. 
And by the fact that I am there and I'm approachable in black and white community, people will come up and ask me, what is this? You know, I sometimes used to feel before I was in that role, I used to feel intimidated by these people that I used to say, come here, you're afraid to talk to them. But because I am just an ordinary person, everybody will come and talk to me and say, what is this and why are you that? And I could explain it to them. Absolutely, you represent the entire Caribbean community and the black people. Yes, in the Midlands. Thank you. Yeah. It is really important for all of us to be conscious of ourselves, to be understanding, often to share our emotions with others, harnessing vulnerability with people over the years in our life. How do you strike a balance between being rational and being emotional? If I'm emotional, it's, it's when I'm on my, in my private space. Right. I try never to show in relationship, you know, I was called a, a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> okay. I'm a realist, even like this, when I completed my three years as in, as my, in my role as Vice Lord Lieutenant, and people have said, oh, Beverly, you miss it. And I said, listen, you know, I, you know, I knew it was a three-year, you know, commission. And, uh, you know, I've, I've always been prepared for it. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. a part of my journey, mm. you know, so I'm just looking to the next step, to the next journey. I don't dwell, dwell on the past and what, you know, you know, it, 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 you know, I'm so grateful to have had it. And the time has come for someone else to gain the experience. I've gained, you know, positions from my, them being my supporter as the vice lord lieutenant and it has hope as i said it has opened so many doors for people in so many different ways definitely hmm. as an advocate of community cohesion how do you navigate raising awareness and the level of consciousness around issues that are not only important but are also highly complex and most criticized initially even as the vice lord lieutenant you know people are kind of a little bit skeptical and you know and have had few challenges in the early days with some communities. But as people get to know you and they see that you're just a person, you realize that you're deep down, you know, when you're, you know, peel back the skin or the, 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 the dress, you know, your cultural dress, we're all the same. You know, I've been in events and you, you laugh at the same jokes. You know, you, 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 you have the same sense of humor. You might speak a different language. But you see the same, and it's, 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 it's to get to know as to know your neighbor, to know people, as the saying goes, is to know me, is to love me. So I make a point of duty to know people, to get to know people. When I go out and I do my official engagement, I just don't go there and make my speech and walk off. I mingle with the people, I socialize with the people, I talk to the people, I sit with them. And you find that they, too often too, you get these um, roles and commissions and it, some people gets into their head and it let the role define them and they stop being a human being. We have a joke, you know, some people even change their, their accent and change their, <laughs> you know, but if, if you remain true to yourself and keep your feet firmly on the ground, you can navigate in any community and throughout any circumstances. Yes, I feel it's extremely important for all of us to engage with our community, with our people, taking them into confidence and 
understanding their concerns and needs and also their perspectives. So true, it's very important. That's a beautiful way of describing community cohesion and which exactly reflects on the wonderful work that you're doing. Yes. I have always been inspired with these lines, Beverly. You become what you believe. What are your thoughts on this? Yes, you become what you believe, yes. Uh, and sometimes to progress in life, you have to sometimes have tunnel vision. The, the doubters are all around. If I had listened to doubters, I would never have anything or be anything. Because they oh, you know, when I started business, you never succeed. You know, you never do this. You can't do this. You know, you know, I've never had much words of encouragement for myself growing up at all. You know, I can't remember as a child that anybody has ever put their arm around me and to say they love me. I, I've never had that at all in my life, you know. So... But if you have to believe in yourself and, you know, if you work hard and you, you, you set your goals and I set achievable goals and you work towards them. You know, I, one of, I, we have, um, the teacher used to beat us every morning. We had to recite this other one. Don't lean on others. Stand on a footing of yours. Be independent and cultivate a sound backbones. All my life, I repeat them. You know, then I have to get up. Like this morning, I got up six. I started working from about six because I have a few things I wanted to get through. You know, so I get up early and I will work till two o'clock in the morning. You have to, while your companion slept, you must be a toilet upward through the night. That's all you achieve. And that's what I practice. And maybe that's how people see some quality in me that I don't even see in myself. But they see in me, you know, what I don't see in myself. And they give me the opportunity to so true we need to have the discipline yes and the right positive mindset we also need to have a vision to work towards our goals discipline yeah that's that's a key word discipline you know in business i grew up i was born and and seen my grandmother you know with a, a little grocery shop and the one thing that i always notice as a little girl when we'd go to the shop and she, she takes out a sweet and gives to you, she put the money in. And if she she's gonna take something out to way out to cook for the dinner, she'll put that money in the till. You know, you're running a business, you know, that's maybe that was a that discipline helped me through business. And the discipline of working, you know, my mother, you know, was a very hard working woman as well. You know, she used to work on the busters and she do several shifts you'd only see her because she had to support us as well yes. and I, I saw that ethic that work in discipline and of course in my nursing life of course you know you had in my days you had to be disciplined so those kind of background lessons you know growing up maybe that's that part of what has made me into Beverly Lindsay absolutely you have achieved so much in your life and reached many milestones What's next for you? Well, I should have been I should have been retired and having a you know I've 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 been in the travel business for thirty three years and I've never had a cruise. <laughs> it would have been nice if I had a husband to retire with, <laughs> yeah. but I suppose I've passed that bridge. It would be nice not to end all my life in this lonely house. But what next for me? I am. I let God decide that because so far he's done a good job because I've never planned anything that happened in the past. I just go on doing what I need to do. He will, you know, decide if he sees fit for my next step. 
I'm, I'm not sitting back and waiting because God help those who help themselves. So I'm forever doing things and trying to create things. He has a plan. He's always had a plan for me. So very blessed and very inspiring. How is it to have a little bit of a free time? It's lovely to have a little bit of free time. I like to read books and I like to cook. If you were to write a book on women, leadership and success, what would your title be? Against all odds. Who has been your most inspiring role model in your life? My grandmother started that. My mother, you know, was a hardworking woman. How would you describe yourself in three words? Shy, introverted, and ambitious. What was your dream job as a child? When I was a child and the teacher asked me what I wanted to be, I said I wanted to be a housewife with four children. With this, we come to the end of this wonderful chat, Beverly. I've had a great time speaking to you to know more about you and the wonderful work that you do. You have set a great example as an inspiring role model for many women. And as I said at the start of our chat, you always inspire me. I would like to wish you all the very best. Take care. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for your time. Take care. And Citra, I have to thank you very much. You know, I feel very honored. You know, I know you're a very ex, you know, accomplished lady. And I feel very honored that someone like you want to interview me and bestow in all these good words for me. Have a blessed day and good luck with the rest. I would like to wish you all the very best. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Love to your family. Thank you. Take care.